welcome you to this panel. Uh, following the opening statement by Minister Karamanlis, we're now coming, and uh, Minister Georgiadis uh, earlier this morning, we're coming to the panel that will talk about transforming Greece through large privatization infrastructure projects. So I will uh, thank, we have a top level uh, group of panelists. I will turn it over to Jay Collins from uh, City to take over and uh, introduce the panelists and guide the discussion. So Jay, I welcome the minister and I welcome all of you, Pinelopi, John, Steve, Sanasis, um, and Ricardo. And Jay, please take over. Great, thank you. If I could just ask though, all the panelists to put their phones on mute because there is a, a little bit of an, an echo there. Um, that would be great. So uh, first of all, I'd just like to thank everyone for joining us today. Um, we have a fantastic group of experts in privatization and infrastructure. Um, there is still a little bit of an echo. So again, I'd ask everybody to mute, please. Thank you. Um, let me just start by saying um, we have with us alternate, alternate Minister of Finance uh, for Fiscal Policy of the Hellenic Republic, uh, Theodoros Eskilakakis. Um, so thank you, Minister, for, for joining us. Um, we also have Ricardo um, Lambris, uh, which is uh, a, a, a great pleasure um, CEO of the Hellenic Republic Asset Development Fund. Um, good to see you. Um, we have uh, Penelope um, Lazarido, uh, uh, the General Finance Man uh, Manager for the Executive Board of uh, GK Therna uh, Group of Companies. Um, and of course, uh, uh, Athanasios um, Vlachopoulos, um, who is the General Manager of Corporate and Investment Banking for Pios Bank. Um, Thank you. And then, of course, John uh, Charambakis, uh, who's with us as the Managing Director of Black Summit Financial Group. And um, last but not least, uh, Steve Demetrio, Chairman and CEO of Jacobs Engineering. Um, all experts in this field of privatizations and infrastructure. Um, we're going to go around and, and see if we can make this interactive. I'm going to start by uh, asking one round of question of all the panelists, and then we'll see, do our best to get around to a, a, a second, uh, second round of questions. But let me just start, um, Minister, with you, if I may. Um, and so much on everyone's mind is this massive EU recovery fund, and um, it represents such an opportunity for Greece. Um, it has the potential to impact a, a variety of sectors, including uh, infrastructure, and we'd love to hear from you since you're right in the middle of uh, this, this massive effort on your thoughts on both the recovery fund and, and the, govery, the government's priorities to use it. Well, let's uh, uh, please, some, someone can, uh, uh, is interfering, so we all put mute. Yes, that's nice. Uh, so let me let me start by saying that uh, this is indeed a unique challenge for for Greece because we had to face a second major economic recession uh, a few years after exiting a, a, a very prolonged and painful recession uh, uh, due to the uh, Greek crisis of 2010 2000 and, uh, and uh, 16, 17, depending on how you, you measure it. 
uh, uh, and after this this period, uh, this uh, fund is extremely important because it gives us the opportunity to invest, but also to reform. This is a fund that has reforms and investments coupled, and this is very important. And uh, we have already given a draft plan to the European Commission among the first countries that did that, and it's quite a, a mature and, 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 uh, and uh, integrated and complete plan, uh, as the Commission is saying. Uh, and what we try to do is to facilitate a paradigm shift in the Greek economy towards a more extrovert, competitive and green economic model with a more efficient, less bureaucratic and more digital, digitalized state, a much reduced gray sector of the economy. Greece has a big problem in terms of the gray sector of the economy and a more growth friendly tax system and a more resilient social safety network. Now, this is not just a, a, an economic transition. We aim at, more, at a more fundamental uh, economic and social transition uh, that will affect also technologies, attitudes, and institutions. And we want to, to, to combine economic efficiency with social inclusion and justice. Now, uh, the Greek plan aims to be fully compliant with EU goals for an accelerated climate and digital transition. Already, we have a, a very uh, uh, ambitious plan of uh, getting out of, the, uh, of coal, uh, of lignite in, in Greece very early, and also cover the, uh, the country-specific recommendations and uh, what we call the Pisarides report, uh, which is also an ambitious reform uh, uh, agenda. Now, what are the main uh, efforts of the, of the plan? We have to cover the huge investment output and employment gap, which is endemic to the performance of the Greek economy over the last decade, and which has deteriorated due to the current pandemic. And for that purpose, we will use these funds to mobilize at least uh, 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 45 to 50 billion euros that will enter the Greek economy as investments in capital or labor within the next five uh, to, to five and a half, six years. Uh, how do we intend to do that? We have proposed to the Commission to use the loans that we have, which are, which are possibly up to 13 billion, to incentivize private investment. We will use extensively PPPs, private and public partnerships, and also the relevant uh, uh, structure in the energy efficiency programs, private sector uh, uh, there as well. And uh, at the same time, we will uh, give big emphasis to public investments that create uh, uh, a lot of economic value uh, uh, in terms of uh, mobilizing themselves uh, additional economic 
resources. So uh, I won't go into the details on what kinds of investments we have, because we are talking about, at this moment, uh, close to 200 investments and 60 reforms that we are discussing with the Commission. Now the reforms will be as many, the investments uh, will be a bit less because we, we always do some overbooking when we do uh, this discussion to, to be able to finally end with the most uh, important and, and uh, economically uh, uh, resilient uh, investments both public and private. But this is a first, a first overview. Great, thank you, Minister. We'll come back to you in, in a minute. Um, let me move to Ricardo for a second. Um, uh, HRADF's got just an exciting agenda moving forward. You've got both the uh, landmark privatization of Atikiodos coming up. Um, you've got the completion of, uh, of Hellenicon, um, which is uh, one of the crown jewels um, uh, of the privatization effort ongoing. Um, tell, tell us a little bit about how COVID has affected the privatization program, Ricardo, and, and how you see that um, uh, moving forward. Ricardo, I think you may be on mute. Yes, you're still on mute, Ricardo. Just give Ricardo one second to come off mute again. Um, and I don't know if Nicholas, if if we have him on mute or if it's his speaker. Um, you know what, maybe uh, just in the interest of time while Ricardo's working out that little technical glitch there, Penelope, if I can move on to you, that'd be great. Because um, I know you've been also focused on um, uh, taking advantage of the business opportunities and investments, including concessions and infrastructure space, uh, despite the challenges of the COVID epidemic. Um, tell us a little bit about your contribution and role in this space, um, given the challenges of the pandemic and, and how you see the current uh, opportunities. Thank you. I would like to thank Capital, Nicholas, and you, and all the panelists. Uh, as you probably know, at Yekterna Group, we're strategically positioned in the concession and infrastructure sector for many years which appeared to be more resilient during economic downturns. And today, currently, we participate in almost all Greek concession projects that are currently in progress or are at the mature tender phase, the total value of which exceeds 3.5 billion approximately. These projects comprise the well-known Castelli Airport, which is the second largest airport in Greece, the landmark entertainment and mice project at Elimico, uh, new large-scale motorway project and other existing motorway extension as well. On top of that, a private finance initiative of the group is currently under review. Um, this regards to a gas power plant, Komotini, 
of uh, circa 350 uh, million uh, projects. Uh, now, moreover, uh, the, the aim, I would say the gate with the assistance of the EU is to accelerate the completion of the tender process uh, and to, or to finance, of course, the exact methods is to be decided, uh, additional concession uh, infrastructure projects which are at various stages of bidding process the last few years totaling uh, um, circa 6 billion in value. Indicatively, I would like to mention the northern road axis of Creta, the Salamina submerged tunnel for which Yepterna is already a pre-qualified bidder, the underground gas storage facility in Kavala, as well as a large group of uh, several PPP projects, uh, all via availability payment, uh, and uh, those projects will create uh, uh, top value and uh, with high quality services. Most of uh, the projects uh, I've mentioned are additional uh, potential uh, opportunities for us. Um, it needs to be mentioned also that based on international experience for every one euro that the national or European budget allocates, to infrastructure projects, uh, at least uh, two euro are produced as added value to our economy and are added to our, to our country's uh, uh, GDP. Uh, of course, boosting employment, boosting consumption, but also boosting all the prices of all asset classes. This multiplier is one of the highest that you can find in investment and and I would say that can only be compared to those of investments in innovation, biotechnology, and of course, the renewable energy sources projects. So therefore a strong investment narrative in infrastructure will not only assist in the recovery of the Greek economy amid also this COVID-19 pandemic, but will enhance growth in other sector of the Greek economy for years uh, to come. Of course, what is important, and I would like to mention, is that the external group has a specialization, has the resources, has the experience, has the competitive advantage, the solid also financial standing, and especially the internal strength to claim uh, major infrastructure projects and concession that are going to be tendered in the Greek uh, market and selectively international market in the near future. On top of that, we shouldn't forget that the almost 60 year experience um, and, and the proven track record of our construction arm, Perna, of the group, in numerous high demanding and complex projects, both in Greece and also abroad, is a very strong and, and reliable, I would say, guarantee for the successful and timely completion of any project that our group, I mean, the external group, will undertake. Okay. The floor is yours again. Take myself. Perfect. Thank you. Just taking myself off mute there. And speaking of which, Ricardo, let's just see if uh, 
if you're able to to get yourself off mute at this point and tell us a little bit um, again on um, HRADF's uh, uh, privatization plans. There we go. Over to you, Ricardo. No, we. Hmm. Interesting. I see that you've come off mute. We still don't hear you. Um, Athanasios, so why don't we go to you if that's okay? Um, and clearly, um, with how well the banks have done through the, the crisis in Greece, would love to hear your perspective on not just how you think, but how, the, how Greek banks are thinking about financing for this, uh, the, the infrastructure projects going forward in the country. Um, what you're seeing differently this time around in terms of the bank's appetite for, uh, for uh, infrastructure concessions and to be part of the, the funding solutions. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Jay, for, the, for, for your question. And uh, it, uh, I would like to start with a thank you, a big thank you to, to Nikos Bernozis uh, for the invitation. And uh, uh, I have a, a great pass because speaking after the minister and uh, uh, Pinelope, uh, there are a lot of things to, to, to discuss regarding the, the uh, projects that will revive the Greek economy. However, let, let me start by, uh, by reminding ourselves that the Greek banking system managed to navigate successfully through strong headwinds the last 10 years, with GDP contraction of more than 25% and the huge NPE stock, Greek banks emerged in a series of actions, not just to ensure viability, but also to assist the Greek economy. Uh, today, with a light of uh, optimism, um, for a gradual return to normality, thanks to the vaccines that sooner or later will be available, and the coordinated European decisions uh, to force and facilitate recovery, now it seems that there is a time to re-engage the discussion uh, for Greece growth momentum, with the main pathways being the following three. The first one is the infrastructure and privatization investments, the second one uh, are the tools that the European Union make, made available for all uh, European countries. And I'm referring specifically to the just transition time, uh, the just transition mechanism and the recovery resilience fund. And third, probably the most important, the most important in terms of significant in, uh, in signaling is actually the FDI, the Foreign Direct Investment, uh, especially with the recently announced investments from Pfizer and uh, Microsoft in Greece. So having a strong track record, Pierce Bank having a strong track record, especially on the infrastructure, since the bank is not only the biggest lender, the largest lender in Greece, but is also the largest lender in concession and in airport financing. Uh, in this, at this point, I would like to highlight that the bank, Pereus Bank, is also the biggest lender in the renewable energy sources, maintaining uh, a, a percentage of 28% uh, on the installed capacity. So the bank has proved its experience, capacity, and capability on the on the on the financing. 
Going forward, I think that all Greek banks are committed to further support on the revival of the Greek uh, economy, uh, and the, especially for the, for Piraeus Bank, we're committed to finance uh, any single project that is infrastructure or privatization, uh, and especially infrastructure projects that are meet are meeting ESG criteria. Great, thank you, um, John. Um, uh, I uh, I think it's uh, be fascinating to hear a little bit of your perspective um, from Black Summit. Um, how statecraft fits into to all of this, particularly the Greek privatizations, um, and how do you see it in particular with the role that you've played thus far? Sure, thank you, and thanks to Capital Link for organizing this uh, significant. Uh, opportunity to discuss infrastructure and privatizations in, privatizations in Greece. If I could uh, maybe change the word statecraft to geostrategic initiatives and include statecraft under the geostrategic initiatives. And I would say every country that desires to grow needs to be looking at four fundamental issues related, related to geostrategic initiatives. Number one is national security. So when we privatize a project, how does it fit and how does it advance national security issues? So we can say that's a geopolitical issue. Second, how does the privatization and the infrastructure project fit into the geoeconomic, the statecraft issues? Does it advance our commitments to our allies? And does it advance our economic goals, including, of course, the European goals? Number three, how does it secure our energy interest? So energy security. And number four, how does it advance our national defense? So when we consider a privatization project, I think it's vital to consider those four elements, geoeconomic, statecraft that you mentioned, geopolitical, energy security, and national defense. So let me give you uh, maybe a dimension of uh, the Alexandropolis and Kavala port, where Black Summit, along with Yekterna, participate. So the, we consider that the Alexandrupolis and the Kavala port are vital for national security interest for Greece, Europe, and the West. Number two, we consider both ports as being vital in advancing economic interest, and I will give you specific examples, how regional development and growth can take place through this privatization. And number three, both ports are vital for energy security issues. So let me be specific how those ports can advance economic growth and statecraft. Let's assume that we take a country in the Middle East, let's say it's Saudi Arabia. 75% of the grains that go to Saudi Arabia come from the Black Sea area. So let's assume that they load a vessel with grains in Odessa. It takes approximately two, two or three days to cross the Black Sea. It 
takes at least two days to wait in Bosporus to cross the Bosporus, then a day to cross the Sea of Marmara and, Marmara, and finally reach the Aegean. All this costs approximately $150 to $170,000. Now, what's the alternative? Bypass Bosporus. How do you bypass Bosporus? You load in Odessa, and the day you reach Varna. In eight hours, you load the train, and in eight hours, it's in Alexandropolis. What's the total savings? Approximately $110,000. What can you do with an extra $110,000? I don't know. Maybe buy popcorn. So bypassing Bosporos and giving you this example of how geoeconomically and geostrategically those two privatizations can advance not just the national interests of Greece, because there are military dimensions, as we all understand, into that, but also uh, give more employment, higher income, higher tax base, all of which contribute even to even better educational levels in, in the economy because money flows and uh, uh, Mrs. Pinelopoulos very strongly emphasized the multiplier. The multiplier of two eventually will create economic growth jobs, income and profits for local businesses. Great, thank you. Okay, Steve. Um, tell us a little bit about how engineering fits into the infrastructure space and what exactly from Jacob's engineering group's perspective um, is required in the engineering space to make all of these infrastructure projects successful. Yeah, thanks, Jay. And <clears throat> to all my Greek colleagues, colleagues, Galimera, Galispera, Gafkaristoya, Tim Prosklisi. Um, look, Jacobs, uh, we're a global leader in providing innovative solutions to some of the world's most critical problems, that, and we've been talking about some of them today. And we support government, commercial clients, and solutions that lead to thriving cities, resilient environments, mission-critical outcomes, scientific discovery, and cutting-edge manufacturing. These are the capabilities that can be leveraged to support Greece's infrastructure and economic development aspirations that we're discussing. We provide end-to-end -end expertise in this area, in the area of consulting, engineering, technology, across a wide spectrum of markets that include water, environmental, transportation, life sciences, and electronics. We have unique combination of decades of domain expertise in these markets um, around digital, cyber, and 5G solutions. We're also a leader in, in, uh, in sustainability. In, in response to the glowing pressure on climate change, we launched our own company net zero carbon uh, objectives and achieve that this year. And we're also helping our global clients integrate their sustainable low carbon solutions into their operations to maximize societal, environmental and economic climate change and, and benefits. We have a talented global workforce of 55,000 employees, including more than 14,000 professionals in the UK and Europe. More than 250 of them are Greeks and we're forming a strong bond between Jacobs and Greece. And our legacy projects in Greece include the defense work in Suda Bay and Crete, uh, lenders, technical advisor, and independent engineer for P3 concessions such as Atiki Odos and Moreas Highway. And, and we've also partnered with several Greek firms to advance projects internationally. So we're committed to investing in Greek talent. We're ready to support Greece, achieve their goals. Uh, we're a trusted partner in, in, the, in the Southeast region and Balkans in particular. And, and we need to enhance Greece's regional leadership in integrating transport infrastructure such as roads, 
rails, ports, maritime and air, gas and power interconnections, modernization, expansion, digitization of the network infrastructure. All of this, you know, all of this must be done uh, as soon as possible. And, you know, as it, as it relates to, um, excuse me, as it, as it relates to, you know, what is it gonna take to invest, um, you know, for companies like ourselves to invest? I think there's, there's really three things that are paramount for uh, infrastructure players like Jacobs to invest. First, it's a business friendly structure that includes streamline and transparent tender and regulatory processes. Stability, especially in the banking sector for access to financing and funding and, and also tax stability and incentives to attract investment. But secondly is really a culture of innovation, especially in the areas of digital technology, climate adaptation, green economy initiatives. These can all create strong sustainable growth for Greece and, and backed up by a focused plan to gain momentum in these areas, they'll create an environment that facilitates a large increased pipeline of attractive projects that drives revenue uh, certainty for, for companies. And thirdly, you know, and the minister talked about it, it's a passion for inclusive and dynamic culture that promotes partnerships and creates synergies with Greek companies. A clear commitment to talent development, targeted efforts to retain and develop Greek talent and support for attracting the best talent around the world to bring proven solutions. But going back to my first point, it's really a continuing focus and emphasis on creating a stable, transparent business environment. Greece has made strong progress in moving up in the transparency index, international index, and continued improvement becomes the enabler for sustainable growth and development and retention of the top Greek talent. Fantastic. Okay, so Ricardo. Uh, okay, can you, over, over to can, you. can you hear yes, me now? Hear you perfectly Fantastic. Now. All good. So big apologies to everyone. Sorry for, for this. I honestly don't know what happened. Uh, thank you for, for inviting me to this, to this panel. Well, in the late 50s, uh, John Kennedy in a speech in Indianapolis actually stated the following. When written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger and the other represents opportunity. Since then, scholars worldwide have been debating um, how, the word, uh, China, uh, how the word is actually written in Mandarin, the word crisis. And yet I believe uh, Kennedy's message holds true and remains inspiring to this day, as global inoculation is now a reality. I strongly believe we are reaching a turning point, making COVID-19 crisis an opportunity to reshape our world in a better, and more sustainable way. For us, 2020 has been a challenging year like everyone. Still, we have remained fully committed to, to our mission to attract foreign direct investment. I'm very happy to hear uh, John Haralambaki saying he's extremely interested in our, in our asset portfolio. Uh, Steve also being actually involved in one of our projects at Geodos. So that's, uh, that's very good. So we're trying to support the national effort, the recovery of the economy through our program. And we are helping to uh, implement structural reforms, bring change and modernization, that value back to society. And I'll, I'll give you an example of, of how we've been doing this. So the Foundation for Economic and Industrial Research, uh, EOVE as we, we call it in Greece, estimated that over the period uh, 2011 to 2019, privatization boosted the country's GDP by around 1 billion a year on average. 
And the impact on employment was actually uh, over 20,000 uh, full-time jobs. In terms of uh, program implementation, we made notable and tangible progress launching several tenders, such as depot infrastructure, uh, depot commercial, the underground national gas storage facility in Kavala, the three ports of Alexandrupolis, Kavala and Gumenitsa, as, uh, as John noted earlier, all projects that will materially increase the country's geostrategic weight in the energy and transit trade sectors. Most importantly, however, uh, pickup by investors for these processes has been impressive, demonstrating that the pandemic has not subdued uh, the interest, the investor interest. I think it's, it's uh, I'll say it again, we, we indeed witnessed a strong interest from uh, US investment community. In the Alexandrupoli Caval in Rumenica ports, we have at least two different US consortiums in this process. In Elincon, our flagship project, as we all know, the Mohegan led consortium won the casino license for the 30 year um, uh, first integrated resort and casino in Greece. So for 2020, I, I see it as effectively setting the footing for 2021, as we expect a number of tenders to, to mature whilst we'll be launching numerous others. Stellar assets such as the Atikiodos motorway, regional ports, the development of the old US naval base in the island of Crete in Hornes, the Marcopolo Athletic Center, already to launch, so in final maturity stages, that will be in the pipeline in the upcoming period, and relatively shortly, I would say. Effectively, we are fully determined to continue our mission with the same level of commitment, transparency, and approach to ensure winning propositions for both the state and investors. And I welcome, uh, in particular, US investors to, to come to, to knock on our door and look at our assets. Great. Uh, thank you, Ricardo. So if I could just ask everybody to mute their um, phones, uh, I'd appreciate it, or, or your devices. Thank you. So we um, have limited time left. It would be great if we could actually get around the panel one more time, but that would require everyone to hold their, their next round of answers to about two minutes. So we're going to try and do that. And Minister, really, I, I'll, um, I'll come back to you just in, in terms of the enormous success that uh, your government has had in attracting investments. Um, it'd be interesting to hear what, what is it particularly in this infrastructure and privatization space going forward? What are the one or two things that you think will be critical to actually making this agenda happen? You have to unmute yourself, uh... Minister, you have to admit it. Yes, okay. Uh, so privatization is, is a very important part of our strategy, but in terms of the actual uh, uh, volume of investment, uh, 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 and this is a big difference uh, uh, compared to what happened in, in the previous part of the, of the various programs that Greece has implemented, now, the most important and exciting thing in, in, in terms of volume are the RRF loans, uh, because we are talking about a very important uh, uh, vehicle, which is huge in terms of, of volume. We're talking about an intent to, 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 to pass to the private sector 
13 billion euros of uh, uh, almost zero interest rate loans. This is huge. Uh, with the aim of uh, mobilizing about 30 billion euros of private investment in the sectors that are eligible uh, 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 by the RRF. And in term, and this is, uh, 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 let's say, a, a, much, a much bigger uh, impact than the, the, the investment uh, through privatization, which will continue to be important and, 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 and we will go through as fast as possible. Uh, but uh, uh, now uh, it, it, it also has a big, big volume of private investment and uh, this can uh, uh, and this and to that you must add the the private and the public and private partnerships which are also going to be important in uh, 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 in the implementation of the public investment so we we look into something like five to seven more billion in terms of private and public partnerships within the next five years. Uh, add, add all three, and you have a very, very ambitious plan. Well, that sounds extraordinarily ambitious, and so, so good luck. Um, thanks for that. Um, Ricardo, I'm back to you already, um, but very specifically, if you could um, tell us a little bit about how sus the sustainability uh, agenda, the broad-based Green Deal, ESG issues factor into to your plans um, to get privatizations done uh, over the next year or so? Yes, uh, we have fully endorsed sustainable development practices at the fund and are currently actually surveying assets under our management through an environmental, social and governance tool that we have created together with the EBRD and the Global Sustainable. So effectively, we've actually started operationalizing the, the tool with ports and real estate assets, during which some very interesting findings have come up, which I would like to, to share with you. The first is that circular economy principles are embedded in different capacities in the various companies under our portfolio. So for instance, from an operational aspect, think of uh, energy reduction. From a strategic perspective, uh, policies, for instance. The second point I'd like to make is that we see material consistency in the efforts our assets make to improve their environmental impact. So that is always uh, very important that there's consistency. Thirdly, we have identified tangible steps in the efforts these assets make to actually improve the sustainability performance, as for instance, personal training uh, to reduce water consumption. So that again is very important. Furthermore, the assets we have surveyed so far or not only allocating resources to the understanding of climate technologies and their impact in the short and long term, but also have a budget to implement these technologies. The ESG rating tool has enabled us to tangibly engage in sustainability conversations in an open forum with key stakeholders, accessing important know-how and exchanging information, as well as allowing us to support some of our portfolio companies in improving their sustainability performance further enhancing the positive impact of privatizations. So since we need to be short, what I think the current 2019 crisis has shown is that we need to build a different economy focused on creating 
sustainable and inclusive societies that are more resilient in the face of pandemics, climate change, and the many other global challenges we face. And the fund itself is just a humble servant to this cause, and we will do our utmost. Great, thank you. So for now, one, one minute on your um, agenda in the, the renewable space and, and how that energy transition uh, work is, is important to you. Okay, this, this very important sector. It's fact that the revised National Energy and Climate Plan uh, formally submitted by Greece to the European Commission in, in uh, around February 2020 sets very ambitious investment targets for the next decade, both in relation to the delignitarization of our energy balance uh, and also for energy savings and the renewable energy sector um, generally. This national plan outlines an expected investment, I would say, revert in energy amounting to 44 billion for the period 2020 and 2030, uh, especially in this very critical for national economy, domestic employment sectors of renewables energy, electricity networks, and energy storage. Uh, those sectors um, accounts 43% of all plant energy investments by 2030. Taking into account the aforementioned um, and uh, the view of, of, of Terna Energy, which, uh, of course, following the vision of Mr. Peristeris in the mid-90s, uh, is currently the undisputed market leader in Greece, uh, is that investment in renewable energy and also in the related energy infrastructure, such as electricity networks, island interconnection, energy storage, can and also should be a key driver of recovery and development of the Greek economy in the post-COVID era. And Terna Energy can play um, a, a major role um, in, in, in that uh, front. Terna Energy um, currently has an investment plan uh, um, in the fields of uh, clean energy, um, renewable and storage and waste management, circa 2 billion. Uh, with um, a target to reach and install capacity by 2025, 2,800 megawatt. Uh, this investment plan includes not only wind farms in various parts of the country, but also investment in energy storage through pump storage hydro plants, as well as the, uh, the uh, integrated waste management, the energy utilization in Peloponnese, uh, and um, in addition, there are ready for implementation uh, in the Greek market. Uh, I'm sure you, you have heard that uh, at least 1,000 megawatt of electricity storage project, I mean pumped hydro, renewable uh, hybrid, uh, hybrid stations. Uh, those projects are already licensed, uh, pending um, and, and and probably are pending uh, the establishment of the long-term uh, institutional and tarification framework. Terna Energy, unfortunately, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I I'm saying my last word. Terra, Terna Energy owns 80% share of this market uh, through a, a number of mature, fully lined pump in the storage projects. 
uh, it's very important uh, because contributes really to um, for everyone euro spending in this sector uh, return to economy three to eight euro for every one euro invested in those sectors. Thank you. Um, Athanasios, John and Steve, uh, apologies that we didn't get back around with another question. Uh, failure to keep going on my part, but um, really a great conversation. And, and uh, Nicholas, thanks again for helping us put this panel together and have such a, a, a stellar group of, uh, of panelists. And um, thank you all to, to those of you listening uh, uh, today. Well, thank you to everybody. It's been uh, great. Uh, this is a topic we can spend hours. And uh, what I hope is that to have the opportunity to host each one of you separately or as a group to go really in depth. Uh, the communication we started with international investors will continue. Today, it's, uh, I wouldn't say the beginning, but it's one of those steps. So thank you, Jay. Thank you, Minister. Thank you to everybody. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.